What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Glass Onion Minute. I'm your host, Nate Renly, again, and my guest once again is Dave Pallas. Hi, Dave. Hello. Hey. Uh, if you're pouring cocktails, I'll have one. I, I am. Gentleman Shack. Coming up neat on the rocks, soda? Oh, yeah. Uh, neat with a splash of water. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> this is minute number pour, splash, hand. This is minute Clank. number 133. <laughs> yeah. Click mm. Our minute starts at 2 hours, 12 minutes, 0 seconds, ends at 2 hours, 12 minutes, and 59 seconds. And the scene begins with a credit. It's a portrait of Daniel Craig. It says Daniel Craig, and it's got a picture of him. But it ends with second assistant director Daniel Keetel. And oh, uh, and a black screen with white scrolling words. I don't know if you've seen credits before. If that's the, the concept have. of them. Yeah, no, I'm pretty good with them. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Let's. We talked about Daniel Craig some, but next up we've got Edward Norton. Edward Norton. Okay. Let's talk about favorite Edward Norton film. How about that? You know, I, I the first movie I ever remember seeing him in was The Score. With uh, De Niro, yeah. De Niro and Marlon Brando. Yes. I, and I, apparently that movie is bad, but I, I mean, I was really, I was young when I saw it. I thought it was good. <laughs> I remember there's parts of like the heist that are cool, but also he's like, one of the hooks is he has to play a mentally handicapped guy right, to get past security. And no, you're he, like, yeah, he's been doing it for a long time as the security guard. Okay, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, that's kind of that's kind of like a weird prestige. He's like, oh like, man, oh geez, I guess you let me in to get. The, and they're like, oh, you simple little man, and they just like let him go. And he's like, and then he turns around. And I think he tells him to near like, I'm in. They don't even know him. You know, I'm, they don't even know. Wow, um, that, that was the movie. Okay, can I? So that was yeah, it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> so not my favorite. No, I'm gonna probably change it and say, uh. I don't know why I really liked American History X. I thought it was a great performance. Um, yeah, no, it is. I mean, obviously, yeah, content is extreme, but yeah, no, it yeah, is good. Oh, yeah, very disturbing. Um, I like. I don't want it. Like, I remember. Yeah, I don't. Want, I don't want to say Fight Club. That's too. That's too on the nose. I think. Uh, <laughs> I think it'd have to be Primal Fear. But I have so many questions about Primal Fear, and I don't want to spoil Primal Fear for people. So, like, I don't really know, like, what 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 to do about this because, like, do you ever watch? How about this? Do you ever watch Primal Fear? No, but I've heard it's good. It is good. It's it's a uh, it's a Richard Gere film, and it's a it's a it's a um, it's a it's a technically a legal drama, and it's a legal your classic legal thrillers. They don't even get in theaters anymore. Now these are on streaming websites, and uh, they're written into like you know Law and Order type shows. But it was like it's like um. Edward Norton, he plays, once again, a young guy who might be – who is, like, slightly mentally challenged, who, like, might be, like, the witness to a murder. And when he's being and – the, and the city of Boston believes he is the murderer. And so he – like, so – and so uh, uh, Richard Gere is his defense attorney, and he's trying to figure out what to do because the whole city just wants to throw Edward Norton under the bus to solve, to solve the case. And Richard Gere believes there's more to it. For his legal defense, that's the best pitch. Without spoilers, I will give you. And it won him. I think it won him the Oscar. Uh, Edward Norton for his performance. He was like so young. Yeah, um, getting that. Uh, so I would say that is good. But at the same time, by the end of the film, I'm like, that was a good film. But I also have questions about some of these characters that I felt like 
the movie didn't want me to think about. And I was like getting hung up on that. I was like, wait, but wait, how about this? And I was like, eh, I don't want to spoil it. I don't know. That's how about that? Go to the 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 the, the five minutes of mystery listener society. Ask me a question about primal fear, and then I will DM you uh, my thoughts. That's what I'll tell the, the the listening audience if you get hung up on primal fear like I did. Okay, so I'm looking up the films he was in, the yeah. other films, and like 25th Hour. I remember liking that, but I, I don't actually remember it that well. Um, but. I love his character in Moonrise Kingdom, actually. Okay. Uh, so that was that was one, and then another. Like w- when I, I think when when Edward Norton is on, he has such a great energy. And I remember when I was watching Birdman, that when at some point in the film he's gone, like he's uh-huh. fired from the the production or or quits, and the the entertainment value of the film drops when he leaves like oh. he was he was so electric during the mm. first half of the film like his i feel like his back and forth with all the other performers was yeah was so great and uh and i didn't wasn't really paying too much of a t- uh like i wasn't thinking that much about him until he leaves and then i'm like where'd edward norton go like he should come yeah. back because like he was he was great so i think i'm gonna say Birdman. man that was yeah i think no, that was maybe his best one i that's a good point he never he never like, you know, I feel like he never plays a character that's like falling asleep, doesn't care. I don't feel that way. He's I intense. Feel like, yeah, yeah, he always gives intense. I and how about this? I want to see Kingdom of Heaven, but it's been a damn too long minute me watching it, and I feel like after Napoleon, after uh, Ridley Scott's Napoleon, which is coming out, I think in either late November, or early December, uh, we're recording this uh, mid November for the record. So it's like, I want to see Napoleon. I feel like after I've done Napoleon, I'm going to have to go back and watch Kingdom of Heaven. I need to see like his yeah. like grand, grand battle movies with like a thousand, thousand people and stuff. And I, I want to see Kingdom of Heaven because he's the king, he's the king Baldwin in that. Um, hey, you know, you know, a bad Ed Norton movie. Okay. Keeping the faith. Keep your faith. That's what Ben Stiller, isn't it? Yeah, romantic. I think one of them's a priest and one of them's a rabbi. Yeah, <laughs> they're both like sitting on somebody. What a weird wow. movie. I think it's not so, on a plane. <laughs> I've never seen this film, but I, they're you, like childhood friends. <laughs> I remember the trailer now. Wow, yeah, Touchstone Pictures. And what about just... what about this one? Death to Smoochie. Death to Smoochie. I haven't seen that in a minute, he, but yeah, him and plays uh, like a Barney Williams. type character with Robin Williams. Black comedy. Yeah. Danny DeVito, That's... I think, was in it. God. Sorry, I'm still hung up watching Keeping the Faith trailer. It's so I funny. I can't believe that movie exists. Yeah. I just forgot it. It came back to me like a, <laughs> like a nightmare. Oh, my God. Yeah, I just saw a picture of him as the rabbi, and then Edward Norton is the priest. Wow, that's funny. Ed Norton, don't put him in your romantic comedy. No, that's not his vibe at all. God, he's not. He really isn't. Wow. Uh, all right, let's move on to Janelle Monet. <laughs> fair enough. She gets two port, uh, two, yeah, two portraits, two yeah. people in two characters. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, and like the portraits are separate. So yeah, she plays. They're twins. So they look a lot alike, but the haircuts are different. Mm-hmm. I've seen Janelle Monet open for of Montreal, or maybe they maybe the other way around. But it was like when she was first taken off, and I thought she was an amazing performer. She so much energy. Yeah, I've I've seen movies she's in. I feel bad that I can't remember her character specifically like i think i've seen clips of welcome to marwin that's not great film that was the uh hidden figures moonlight yeah i've seen them just i feel bad that i just don't not jumping out at me but i mean no but obviously she was like a main character in this so like can't forget that yeah 
Uh, Catherine Hahn. Haven't seen her in a minute. Kind of. I don't know that's ironic. I feel like I've always seen Catherine Hahn and stuff. She's got one of the best agents in the goddamn business. I feel like Catherine oh. Hahn. I, that's, not, that's my take. I got nothing against Catherine Hahn. I just feel like she's got she's just everywhere. And I'm not I'm not tired of her. I'm not saying I'm not I'm tired of her. I'm just saying I'm like I she is incredibly prolific. I feel like they put her in comedies, they put her in some dramas. I mean, God, I'm looking at her I'm looking at her work, and it's just it's she ain't stopping. Whether she's, whether she's doing voice work, whether she's doing yeah, commies and stuff. God bless her. Yeah. I confused her. When Chief, when I first started seeing Catherine Hahn, I'll admit, I thought that was Anna Gasteyer. I was like, wait, that's not? That's a different woman? Because I was like, oh, Anna Gasteyer from SNL. I'm like, wait, that's a different woman. Like, it was one of those things where I just had, like, white woman blindness. <laughs> I was like, oh, white woman comedy blindness. But I was like, okay, no, but like, I was like, no, Catherine Hahn's good. I mean, they're still talking about trying to do an Agatha show. And I'm... Oh my God, Step Brothers! Yeah, she was. So, I'm like going through her thing right now. Yeah, Step Brothers got she was so Oh good that. yeah, I remember her. Step I remember, but I, uh, yeah, I just remember like watching Wandavision once again. I'm not trying to spoil Wandavision, but it was one of those things where I'm kind of like, oh no, she's the bad evil witch, and then I felt like, and then like, and then uh, <laughs> Elizabeth Olsen like uses her magic to like really like put her in like a mind prison with her magic, and you go, oh Jesus Christ, like. That's actually worse. That's actually worse than what Catherine Hodd did. Like, and then like, I guess say, like, I don't know. Is it character assassination? They made like Elizabeth Olsen's character. Like, they did like they made her more and more evil from Wandavision and then into Multiverse of Madness. And now I I don't know. They say like, oh yeah, she she uh, she did die. Uh, the magic powers and she's gone. It's like, damn. Like it's like Elizabeth Olsen like hit the eject button. She's like, that's it. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> Uh, Leslie Odom Jr. He's in Hamilton. Uh, yeah, let me, yeah, I was going to say, let, let me give this man a, a good look over. Let me see what we got here. Uh, yeah, I was in Aaron Burr, blah, 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 One Night Miami. Uh, a little bit of episodes of Abbott Elementary, which is a good comedy. Yeah, obviously a newer actor since nothing's really jumping out at me. But... He's been working for a while. I can't say he's not. A lot of TV shows. Okay, so this was this was good for him. God bless him because he was he was entertaining in this. And like I said, I, I he he felt he felt the most mysterious to me. I guess because yeah. I didn't know him, I wasn't sure what you know. I wish he had he, a little more to do, huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah, but but he yeah. I mean Hamilton. That's probably the big one. Yeah, I thought Catherine Hahn and uh, and Kate Hudson of like the other cast. And I guess Batista to a point because he was larger than life. They got a lot of uh, character development where you were like, oh, are these people shady? Are these people trustworthy? And then uh, we got our gal next. I'm jumping right to it. Got our gal, Jessica Henwick. Like I said, I already talked enough about her. Uh, could always talk more about her. Um, I heard good things about that new movie she's in, uh, The Royal Hotel. Okay. That's, that's, I don't know, at least I've heard it's good. Uh, but then again, we were talking about fans of it. Apparently she was in the Gray Man. Didn't see the Gray Man because it looked like absolute trash, and it hmm. was. Uh, it's funny as I when I heard that movie was coming out and I heard the cast, I was like, "This looks, this sounds like a great film." I read the book. The novel is a is an airport. It's an airport like thriller novel, like absolute like a mid six seven type of book. 
doesn't offend you, doesn't blow your mind. It's just like he's a spy and whatever. He's got to take the bad guys out. And I was like, all right, that's pretty good. Like, all right, Russos, this is a base hit. This is an absolute, like, base hit. <laughs> Nothing. And they're like, what if we just overblow the budget and, like, overblow everything? And I'm like, you guys F this up. Like, it's funny that, like, when I was reading the book and the cinematography in my head, you want to talk about cinematography, the cinematography in my head, I could not believe was better than what the Russo. And I wasn't doing anything insane. Maybe a few drone shots, maybe a few, like, cool POV shots, like, when the action scenes happen or, like, cool like you know we get close up on his head you know his his hands holding a gun like maybe like a john wick movie man god great man i could not believe how much it disappointed me it's too bad they need they need like a jiminy cricket of um doing something a little bit more interesting than what they were planning on doing i don't know what the problem with the russos is when it's outside of marvel i just if they just i don't know it feels like they could they easily have money to do things and i feel like they wasted yeah absolute shit (laughs) They were uh, kind of known for the Arrested Development before, right? Oh, uh, and uh, Community. Community, yeah. They did no, the paintball well, episode, well, That's right? the thing. They said, like, you know, they work at their TV. They were TV directors. They worked with TV budgets. And they did pretty – and they knew how to get certain beats of comedy in. So I wasn't weirded out when they got the Marvel job. And I felt like they muted a lot of the colors in the Marvel in the Marvel movies that they were doing. But that was because they were trying to get, like, 18 different characters to all meet up. So they had to kind of like neutral the backgrounds and stuff. Um, but like I said, the MCU book I listened to, it paint them in a decent light. Um, but I felt like their actual original stuff outside of the Marvels is like they have blank check and they're just, they're now, they're like kind of wasting it. They could be making blank check too. Oh man. Yeah. They, I think they should do blank check too, just to answer the FBI yeah. agent lady when like she kissed the kid. We're all like, what the hell was going on with that scene? I rewatched that recently. I, I yeah. couldn't believe that happened. There's two like, no, phases. That did not, that did not happen. Yeah. There's two phases of like a young man's life when he's a boy and he watches blank check. He's like, all right. Like, the hot yeah. Is and then you grow up and go, Oh wait, everything's wrong with this. Everything's right. wrong. And a kid <laughs> didn't write this movie like an adult. Did. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not forgiving him. I don't know the actress. I was like, wow, I guess. I don't know the actress on the top of my head who played the FBI agent, but God, we need to find an interview of her being like, yeah, I don't know why I agreed to that. No. Like, I, they really got me to buy it. They're like, you got to kiss this kid. Kiss the kid? You got to kiss him on the lips. And they're like John Candy wannabe that plays his like friend. Like, they have to really work hard <laughs> to make that friendship work as well, too. They're like, yeah, he just loves ice cream and this hanging out with a kid, but he's like, it's cool. And it's like, I, I don't like, he doesn't seem creepy, but like, come on. Like, who wrote this? Why yeah. did you make this happen? God, that, you know, if you... Everyone's doing the best they can. Yeah, I'll jump <laughs> Except ahead. Except for the writer. That is so funny. No, that's so funny to me. Uh, I want to jump ahead to a plug. Uh, a Die Hard on a Blank. It's a podcast I've been listening to. These I don't, I don't, I, I make no money off of plugging them, but they're a pretty fun podcast that talks about how after Die Hard, movies are influenced by Die Hard. Yeah. And you could always make an argument that, like, you know, a little bit of Home Alone could be influenced by Die Hard. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like they're then, then there are movies that are influenced from Home Alone. That obviously is one. Yeah. Um, Richie I would say Rich. Richie Rich is definitely obviously using the same actor. Yeah. Uh, Three Ninjas, obviously using Home Alone and Karate Kid. And I surf just think ninjas. about Surf Ninjas. Yeah, there's definitely modes of Surf Ninjas, too. Yeah. Obviously, like the ninja craze that, like, from Karate Kid, obviously bled right into the 90s. Radical, super tacular. 
I was so. there, man. I, I thought ninjas and karate were so I, cool. I, I remember, I don't know where it is. It could be my parents' attic, but I do remember like on my bedroom wall, like I, I got a big piece of like construction paper, big white construction paper, and I made a Surf Ninjas poster. Mostly I like had all the all the characters, I kind of like doodled them within markers and crayons and my parents like, yeah, we'll put up on your wall, you know. So for like my bedroom wall when I was a child, I had, I just loved that. That Goonies, oh my God, I watched the shit out of those films. Uh, well... Next up, we got Madeline Klein, who plays Whiskey, right? Uh, yes, yeah. The only thing I recognize yeah. her from is is Vice Principals. I love that show, but she's only twenty five now, so I'm assuming she was playing one of the students in that. I don't remember who she was, but yeah, Tina, Stranger Things, Tina. God, who's Tina on Stranger Things? There's no goddamn kids in that show. I don't know who Tina is on Stranger Things. You know what? We're gonna look it up, and the audience are gonna know this, but I'm gonna look up Tina. Stranger Things, and I will figure out which one Tina was. Oh, I've never seen Stranger Things. You're right. That's like probably the biggest thing, huh? I don't know. I do not know which what what the plot what her character is. Don't know. All right. Well, that's fine. She was good. In this movie. <laughs> not, <laughs> Noah not... Segan, though. I wanted to see what he's been in. Noah Noah Segan. He's the uh, the you know the dude of this movie. No. Oh yeah. D roll. D roll. How do they say that name? How's it? What's this? How you pronounce his character's name? Darol? Darol? Oh, I don't know. God damn it! You're gonna tell me. Oh, he was in Brick. So and Looper. So he's been around in, uh, oh, he's, in the Ryan he's a, Johnson. Oh, he's a he's a Ryan Johnson's guy, folks. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, he All was right. in Knives Out as well. Who That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's he's a yeah he's a Ryan Johnson's guy. Yeah. Good for him. Whatever. Don't know him for anything, but good for him. Oh wait, I think I recognize it. Wasn't he one of the the detectives that came in? Yes. Like at the yeah. beginning. Yeah. Okay. He was now next to I... uh, like Keith Stanfield. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't actually talk as much as uh, the other detective. Like yeah. you know, before, before. Um... Uh, anyway, so let's see. We got Jackie Hoffman. He, you know what he must be because he's also it says he plays X-wing pilot Stark. Stark. S T A R C H. Oh, so he must have been in Last Jedi. You know what he must be? I got it. This guy, this Noah Segan, he is the. He's the Greg Grunberg for Ryan Johnson. Oh, sure, yeah. Because every he's, time you see Greg Grunberg in a in a JJ Abrams movie, you're like, there he is, Greg Grunberg. He's the uh um the 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 uh Ra- Sam Raimi car. Yeah. <laughs> well yeah, that, well that, that yeah, that point he's the yeah, he's the Bruce Campbell of Sam Raimi, yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. But, yeah, but no, that's... but yes, exactly. It's like it's like if he's there's a good chance he's there if he's there. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, Jackie Hoffman, whatever. Okay, so <laughs> we've got Kate Hudson. The only David thing I, I I don't remember Alice Jackie Roberts. Hoffman in this movie, but obviously I don't even know who she was in this movie. Yeah. Okay, I feel bad because uh, but I but she obviously is hilarious in um uh uh only murders in the building. That's where she's been making her bones recently. Oh, okay. She's not like in this. She's not on the island, but I guess she's famous enough that. That they she got a, a portrait anyway. I want yeah. I'm trying to remember if yeah. Well, only murders in the building happened. Its first season happened, and she was not a huge character, but she obviously was a nice like lady who told uh, Steve Martin and, and uh, Martin Sheen all, not Martin Sheen Martin Short off a lot. So that was funny of it. Yeah. Uh, Dallas Roberts, whatever. Um. So so I wanted to talk about this. Like you know when. when 
when you think you're pretty famous, okay. but you're not actually able to be top billed because you're not in the movie enough or because you're not as famous, but then instead you get like a with or a, a with and an and like uh, it's a with Kate Hudson and David Deuce because then you could be at the end, but it's like almost it's like an honorary being at the top. Like like you have to mention it. If you're not just at the bottom of a cast list, you know, you get like a special thing. Have you ever noticed that before? Yes. I'm always curious about this. If this is something specific that they had their agent definitely tell the production. It's just like, well, I don't want you to throw me in the regular cast. I want to be like the last thing that people think about. And hey, look, Dave Batista's here. Hey, and he's with Kate Hudson. Yeah. It's it's separated out, so it's like yeah, like pay attention to these two as well. But even though they weren't like able to be up there, they're like, you know, and sometimes it's like a really famous person. Sometimes they're not even in the movie that much. Um, but yeah, I, I've, I've always wondered what that that uh, crediting system was, because it's definitely more prestigious than like being Dallas Roberts or Jackie Hoffman in this film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like Dave Bautista and Kate Hudson are like in the movie so much that it feels like they should be in with the main cast. It's weird that it like goes through these people that I'm like, wait, were they in this movie? And then to them. Yes. But, you know, that's just how it goes. I guess it's, it's all negotiations and unions or whatever. Oh yeah. Shit. Shit. That's way above our pay grade. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a question for you. All right. Benoit Blanc, without giving spoilers, actually, whatever, we're at the end of the movie. You can give yeah. spoilers. But let's okay. talk about the already announced third film of this franchise. What do you, See, what do you want? I what didn't want? know that, but I assumed that. Yeah. So do you know anything that I, do you want me to get? Because I don't know, I don't know. I literally don't. Me neither. No, it's, uh, I think they, Netflix like bought these two sequels at the same time. So I okay. don't think, I like maybe some stuff has come out, but it wasn't like, I assume it'll be like another one like this that's not strictly related to the other plots. All right. Well, I'm going to look up Daniel Craig and if they mention anything about it upcoming other than Knives Out 3 in development. Yeah, they don't mention anything else. It probably got delayed because of the strikes. Oh, so, yeah. so otherwise it probably would be in development by now. Or but like, also you know, like, further along. I'm not, yeah. I'm, and also like, I know they, they talk about, oh, Ryan Johnson doing do a Star Wars movie. It's like, I think he doesn't need to do it. And also it feels like Lucasfilms is like, they got to get their act together. Cause like yeah. the Disney plus stuff, I think it's starting to wear thin on, on a lot of fans. It's kind of like, are we actually continuing a real plot or are you just padding for content and time for people to subscribe? Yeah, uh, I, I agree. They need to, they need to make something new that people care about. Like people are attached to these new characters in like a way that's not eating its own tail again. Like they just yeah. need to, like they just need to make a good movie by yeah, itself because i was like movie. i every week after ahsoka i'd be like watching go like, i tell i tell my friends and we were all clone wars fans and stuff we liked it and we're kind of like all right we get it dave filoni but seriously it feels like you don't want to continue the plot you want to have like like incremental things happen and then you and save it oh save it for another movie and you're like no dude like i like I, i'm trying to give you the rope but you're not going for it so i'm glad that ryan johns is like you know what i got money from netflix I'm going to work on the Knives Out 3, and I don't want him to rush it. I do what I would like uh, a nice uh, third one. And um, though it's probably the last one, I really did like Haunty in Venice. I know some people say it's kind of bland. I like it. I, right now, I think because of the vibes of what they did with Venice and the Halloween and stuff, and setting it after World War II, I, it, it's so far of the three um, uh, Hercule Poirot. Um, uh, 
Kenneth Branagh movie specifically, I, it's my favorite of the three. Oh, nice. Because I really, I really liked this idea of like after World War II, he's kind of shaken up. There's a lot of people who are all shaken up post World War II. It takes place in Venice, so it's kind of like this is the first time people are celebrating like something out after the war. So it's yeah. like they're you know oh like you know it's all there's a whole line with because Tina Fey is in the movie, and you know he's kind of like you know him and her looking at a bunch of these kids. Or like this is like their first Halloween. That's like the the, the American culture of Halloween's kind of uh, hit Italy, and she's like, it's good for these kids to be to get these scares. It'll make the real world seem less scary. You know, it's like we know the real world's scary, but to these kids right now, they can like get scared about ghosts and goblins, and not about like the freaking horrors of war that like they all went through like not two years ago. So. Yeah, it's it's always interesting when those things they're like usually like a reaction or like a, a more extreme version or a like a inverse of what the public vibe is like the the, the national conscious like where they're at emotionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I that's one of the reasons why I liked haunting events. I like that. So, um, but like yeah. So what I mean is obviously I want a good uh, quality over quantity when it comes to a mystery. And so I am very excited for, for Ryan Johnson. Take all the time in your world, milk Netflix for as much money as they can give you in time. And you and, and Daniel Craig have a lot of fun. And it surprised me, you know, like uh, they could be another whole new cast. You don't have to drag any other characters back. I'd love for Peg to be involved. Mm-hmm. But if uh, you can't r- realistically work Jessica Henwick into it, don't sweat it. Yeah, I think, yeah. I, I totally agree. But I think as many ways as this was different from the first film, the new yeah. one should be different from this one. And maybe that will be like, this one didn't really have a lot of returning stuff. So maybe the next one will, cause that would be less expected. But basically I hope they don't rush it and just make it the movie that ca- wait till they have a good story to tell and, and yeah. do that and not like try to cash in on this. And I don't get the vibe they are, or they would have already been. Yeah. Cause, cause I mean it, like so. this, this film, obviously Ryan Johnson wanted to talk, he wanted to talk about, kind of the 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 quarantined life that we were sitting in in the middle mm-hmm. of the pandemic. He wanted to talk about a lot of people having a lot of like online attention but saying like bad things whether it be hostile things whether it be what's uh, uh, politically incendiary things and I think he also essentially was telling like Elon Musk like these guys that really uh, you know really think highly of themselves they're they're very dangerous guys because they really think that like they 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 ask cat uh, should is it, what's that what's that line that Malcolm uh, Ian Malcolm says where it's like you worry your scientists oh. worried so much about if they could if yeah. they should you know like that right. the moral implications of stuff uh, so like yeah I think that's what he got that whole idea about that crystal and the gas and everything it was kind of like him saying like you're you're not thinking about like the safety. You're not really thinking about like what this could really mean if something went wrong, how explosive it would be. Yeah. And, and these films have just been so much fun and it's so hard to even think about like what other films are really providing that, you know, like, like every once in a while, one will pop out. That's like that. That's super fun to watch, but yeah, like, I don't know like hunt for the wilder people. I don't know. Like there's movies that like just have like an energy and a verb and stuff and are fun. And I'm like, I don't yeah. know. It's hard to really put your finger on what that is, but um, be great to 
to get some more of that in our lives. Great to see more good. Yeah, movies. I'm trying <laughs> to general. think. Um, if you're in the mood for a like a uh, like a murder mystery thriller right now, I would recommend Reptile on Netflix. If you have your Netflix subscription up, I recommend Reptile. They say for the producers of Sicario, and it does have this very like intense thing. And Benicio del Toro's there, and his character uh, is married to Alicia Silverstone. Good to see her. And it, it's a really good thriller about like they're a couple that were from Philly and they moved out to kind of like the Oklahoma Midwest. And then there's a murder. And so the police are kind of like, well, you're kind of like not around from here, but also you're probably the most experienced to handle a murder like this. So it's it's, uh, you know, it's it's a very tense, uh, very tense thriller about small town, like de- detective work. And um, I actually really liked Justin Timberlake. He plays this like this uh, this young guy who like he's he's got some money and he's in real estate and he's mm-hmm. kind of involved with the murder. And you're kind of like, you know, like uh, this just the scenes between him and uh, Benicio del Toro are very good, very tense. So if you want something, it's not fun, funny, <laughs> you know, it's not a funny film. But if you want a good like mystery, I felt I was very you know intense on edge watching it. it it held it held my attention yeah i don't know what's going on with justin timberlake if but he should be in more movies he's got a he's really entertaining to watch and in pop star never stop never stopping it was yeah it was like the funniest thing in the like it was performance yeah. i don't look like the faces he makes and stuff it's like he's really understands something about like the the deep core of human acting, even when he's doing yeah. like silly roles that I feel like is kind of underrated. Yeah, and I, I just I just I actually finally got around to watching uh, Social Network, and yeah, obviously yeah. his scenes are great. He really does make the third act pop. Like he's, you can feel like he's playing a caricature of what that guy thought he how cool he was, and yeah. that's what Fincher is like. Because I'm like I don't think the real Napster guy is that cool, but even Fincher makes like these guys these guys think he's cool. So we're going to make it from that perspective is that he's this rock star character that comes in. He's like, yo, drop the, the, it's just Facebook, yo. Yeah. All that stuff. So, uh, yeah, really good. I don't know. I know he got, he got some uh, backlash in Britney Spears book. So I don't know if his PR team has to like handle that now. Oh, I, I haven't heard about that yet. I mean, like, you know, it's one of these things where it's like, look, man, I, I, I don't think he did anything horrific. I think he's a he was acting a little goofy back in the nine, late 90s. But I don't think he like, you know, I don't think I don't think he put Britney Spears in anything. I think I think what her family did was seems kind of worse than what anything else. Yeah. So. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that that's yeah, it's, I'm trying to think of any other. Like I just feel like a lot of streaming sites right now have good thrillers and mysteries, but they're hard to find. You don't have a lot, you know. Like it's when you have these big names, these big things come out. It's exciting, and the next thing you do is like, I want more of these. It's really hard to find, like whether it be a legal drama, whether it be a murder detective mystery. There's a lot of chaff in the streaming service, in the streaming sites right now, all filling up content. It's hard to find like a good one worth your time. Yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully that third one will. Give it to us again. Um, mm-hmm. uh, hey, go to at Glass Onion Men the on Twitter and follow the the Twitter for this podcast. Yeah. Post your theories. Let's start. Yeah, post some like uh, 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 knives out three type Benoit. It should actually be called drop the drop of the no drop the a knives out story and just call it a Benoit Blanc mystery. Like that's it's cleaner. It should yeah it's cleaner. It should be 
if you want to if you want to retroactively change it, Knives Out, a Benoit Blanc story, Glass Onion, Benoit Blanc. It should be the Benoit Blanc trilogy if you want to put any subtitles to it. I don't like Knives Out being used as a subtitle. Knives Out three. That's it. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I go the other way. All right, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.